Networks. A deadly experiment. A freak accident. carried to the grave as the horror classic is reborn. Return of the Living Dead Part 2 Just when you thought it was safe to be dead. fifth annual Horror-thon Halloween special of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ, joined once again with my old friend and co-host, Joe Limbaugh, from the Film School channel on YouTube. We're going to be breaking down 10 Halloween flicks for you this season. We're also going to do a quick breakdown of the film Halloween Ends. It's been a long time coming in between episodes, but you know we're never going to let you down and leave you hanging on Halloween. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Joe, what's up? How are you? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Happy Halloween. Hey, hey happy Halloween. And oh, yeah. a soft cheers that we never hear on any of the podcasts. Yeah. Because you can't hear it. We got cozies on. <laughs> how are you doing cozies? this? Uh, cozies? This soggy and, and snowy October afternoon. Well, I'm glad it's not 100 degree weather anymore. I will take this damp and miserable cold any day. Just moved to Seattle already. <laughs> Get out of here. No, it's nice. Seasons changing is nice. Just abruptly, this kind of took me as a shock. Yeah. Well, we had two weeks where we didn't have to use either the furnace or the AC. Yeah. The little Indian summer for yeah, another. Can we say much. that anymore? I'm going to probably, probably cancel. Yeah, but. we're probably canceled. Um, uh, American Indigenous Summer? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's correct anymore. Well, regardless, it's Halloween. We're never going to leave you without doing an annual Halloween Horathon movie special for the Dead Serial podcast. It's kind of just ought to be a co-op between Dead Serial and Film School. It should be. And you know what? This is our fifth one. This, this is, is the fifth. It's a fifth one. And a nickel. Yeah. Five. We've made it through five, <laughs> through COVID. Yes. Two of them through, through the main hub of the um, of the pandemic. So we survived. That's good. And here we are. Okay, well, we're going to break down five, five flicks a piece again. It's your turn to go first this year. Oh, I get to go first? Yes, it's your turn. You're going to go first. 
well, I figure we'll check out the clips and then we'll wrap about them let people see if they know what it is or figure out what it is. Yeah, I kind of like that. Instead of telling you all, let's uh, let's let you figure it out. Should we? Uh, should we? Should we run this one? Yep. Roll with Joe's first pick. Let's do it. Hello, Reagan. I'm a friend of your mother's. I'd like to help you. You want to loosen the straps, son? I'm afraid you might hurt yourself, Reagan. I'm not Reagan. I see. Well, then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karras. Where's Reagan? In here with us. Show me Reagan and I'll loosen one of the straps. And you're helping old altar boy, father. Your mother's in here with us, Karras. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. If that's true, then you must know my mother's maiden name. What is it? What is it? I fucking love that movie. I haven't seen The Exorcist in a long time. What year was this? 73. 1973. 1973. Uh, I remember the first time I saw it. It was in junior high at a bunch of kids' house for a party or something. And the, during the summer, it wasn't even spooky movie month. And uh, at like 13, 14 years old, it was, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy to say the least. Great pick. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the. That's one of three movies that are in my collection that I could not watch until I was an adult. Like they just, The Exorcist, uh, The Fly, and The Thing, the thing. which we've yeah. also talked about. Those are three movies that I could not watch by myself as until I was an adult. <laughs> and now it can be midnight. Uh, darkened theater, darkened house. And just turn that movie on. And just have a couple beers and enjoy my deal. What's your best? I mean, what's your your not your best scene, favorite scene? What's a memorable scene for you, other than the one you picked, or is it uh, this clip? You know, it, 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 there was a special that aired on the BBC. If I guess it was probably about a decade ago, called um, Mark Geddes uh, or, or uh, a History of Horror with Mark Geddes. Mark Geddes is a is a writer and actor. He was a member of the League of Gentlemen. He's been a writer for Doctor Who and Sherlock, and he, he was on the Sherlock BBC series as Mycroft. And he, he talks about The Exorcist in an episode, and he mentions one of the creepiest things is when Reagan, who's possessed, um, like, restates a line that was said to um, Father Karras earlier in the movie when he sees that homeless guy in the subway, and he's like, we spare some... Can you spare some change, Father? I'm an old altar boy. Yeah. And then when the when Reagan says that back to him, there's just something creepy about that moment of like this. See, in the clip we heard, it's like the demon is Kazuzu is trying to trick him 
He's like, what's my mother's maiden name? And instead, she just, what is it? She just bombs <laughs> vomits on him, right? Yeah. Almost in, 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 like insinuating that she doesn't know. But then later on, to be able to recount that bit of conversation that he had with the transient person, like days before he even met Reagan and whatnot. Yeah. It just kind of, I don't know, there's something creepy about that. It's one of William Friedkin's best films, man. That guy was, that guy was a, a, an amazing filmmaker in the 70s. The French Connection, Sorcerer, and The Exorcist, man. Well, and he wrote and directed this? Did he write the novel? It was based no, on the novel, novel was right? by William Peter Blatty. Okay. He went on to, to write and direct Exorcist 3 which is probably the only sequel out of the five sequel, the, out of the two sequels and two prequels that's any good. I didn't mind Exorcist at the beginning. I see, and we've talked about it. I like Dominion. Have, yeah. the, uh, and I can't remember if I've seen Dominion. They both I, have I know I have. They both have yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. But the reason why I like Dominion, so Dominion's not a great Exorcist movie, but it's a, it's a decent Paul Schrader film. It's a guy who wrote Taxi Driver nice. and directed like hardcore and cat people and the first reform cat people yeah he's 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 a fairly solid not the original 1940s cat people that was a Val Luton production but like the 1981 <laughs> 82 film with Nastasha Kinski and Malcolm McDowell it's above my head I haven't seen that it's got a really Malcolm cool theme McDowell. song I, I'm invested Let's dude it's got this. a really cool theme song by David Bowie that Tarantino used in um, Inglorious Bastards so it's is awesome. it cat people in space? Space. <laughs> no, no, that should be a song. <laughs> it should be. That's a great picture. Linda Blair did an amazing job as Reagan and the demon. Azuzu. Azuzu. Yeah, but they had a different actor doing a voice. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. What really irritates me is I did get a chance to see Linda Blair back at uh, Fan X like in 2016, and she refused to talk about The Exorcist. Lame. I get it. That's probably all she's ever talked about. But what do you think people are there to see? They don't want to talk yeah. about the roller disco movie she made. I don't even know the, the roller disco Exactly. They don't want to talk so, about like... If it doesn't have the lines, I don't take my skates off for no one. I don't want to see it. They don't want to talk about... Exactly. They don't want to talk about repossessed. They want to talk about the exorcist. Instead, she wanted to plug her humane animal foundation thing, which was fine. But it was like, that, we, got we got up and left. We got up and left, because that's not what we're there for. But yeah, no, one of the all-time great supernatural horror movies, uh, part of the American New Wave cinema, um, or New Hollywood uh, era, uh, 67 to 82. So it was uh, a totally, totally different shift in filmmaking from the old Hollywood system. And it just, I don't know, it still stands up. Yeah. Naturalistic performances, good visual effects, like great story. Yeah, I've been to the steps. I've seen the house back I east. Loved it. I want to go down. There. Saw a buddy out in Maryland a few years ago, and he took us out to DC. And nice. Yeah. So Providence, I, I can't. I can't remember. remember. Anyways, I'm sure it's been covered on every state's of, 15 minutes apart from the other. Yeah, I'm sure it's east. been covered on horrors hollow ground. But uh, I'd love to go there and uh, pay somebody to push me down those steps. I'll do it for free. Let's jump into our next clip. This one's one of yours, yeah? This is one of mine. Right, I think you're going to appreciate this one. I'm looking forward to explaining why. Okay. <laughs> All right. You found her, Douglas. Quickly, read the body of the committal. I've got a Bible somewhere. It's in, it's in my chain. Thing. 
Nobody's going to save my daughter. <laughs> Douglas, stop her. <laughs> Him. It. Just save the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Waxworks 2, Lost in Time. 1992's Waxworks 2, Lost in Time. Uh, I, I actually like it better than Waxwork, which I do like Waxwork, don't get me wrong. I think it depends what type of movie you're going for. If it's for like a classic kind of paint homage to the 1950 House of Wax with Vincent Price, right? Then Waxworks. Which is a favorite of mine and may be on here one year. I hope it is. That is a phenomenal movie, the original. I've seen wax. it in the theater in 3D. That the old Murray Theater in 94. Did Same you? theater I saw Curse of Michael Myers. But that's a whole other, we'll talk about Six that. Degrees of the Shape. Yep. Yes, yep. I was worried we weren't <laughs> going to have any of those this year. And we'll get to Halloween ends. Yep. And we probably need to say this, but we shouldn't have to say it at this point as we've been doing this for a nickel now. Spoilers for everything we're talking oh, about, yeah. including the new Halloween yeah. ends, because I might have a Freudian slip at some point. Oh no, you're gonna hear it spoilers. Throw up in my mouth a little bit, yeah. or just start laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to that. But no, Waxworks too. I think if you're going for something that's paying homage to old school horror flicks and putting an '80s twist on it, Waxwork is perfect. Yeah, but Waxworks more does like the same a, thing. a medieval science fiction. What's Diane Steele novel? It gets so gnarly. It goes into all yeah. those different genres. Like yeah. the one with the clip that you just use is like it's a it's a it's homage like a, to the haunting, the nineteen sixty-three yeah. uh, Robert Wise film. Then there's elements that are like alien and you know where they're on the yeah, spaceship. And the spaceship and, and then uh, but this one's great because it kind of played pays tribute to 1950s or George A. Romero sure. and Living Dead. Yeah, it kind of expands the gamut. Bruce Campbell and even like that possessed girl at the Bible reminds me more of a deadite than anything. Right, so if it's you... It's like uncanny Sam Raimi humor, but it's not. This isn't Sam Raimi. But I'm pretty sure that the director was friends or has met Sam and was definitely influenced by his, his work as well as some of the other, you know, Wes Grave and Toby Hooper and all that. But the thing about that clip, in case you haven't seen it, those of you who are listening, Waxworks 2, Lost in Time, that's Bruce Campbell in, in a scene that is is a homage to uh, a segment that's a homage to The Haunting, the 1963 film from Robert Wise. Um only it goes very much into Sam Raimi Evil Dead 2 uh, horror comedy yeah. territory. And it's also got Marina Sirtis from Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Deanna Troy. She's also Deanna with Troy, scene, I know. I don't you know, know the actress, but I know but the that just, Which blew me away because at the time... That is her. Oh, it is. In this particular yeah. segment. Of and I was already a huge yeah. Star Trek and Evil Dead fan <laughs> when I saw this movie in high school. Uh, I rented it. It was like right before Halloween 92. Perfect. I went to a Halloween party. I came back home with a bucket of candy and just sat and watched this movie on a, <laughs> on a Saturday night. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude, this is brilliant. 
Bruce Campbell and like it's not budget wise it's not a great film like The Exorcist no, but, has a great but budget it, it kind of feels like an Evil Dead movie yeah. based off of the budget yeah it feels and like a loving tribute to, to those types of movies yeah. man and it's a good horror comedy it makes no sense but it's a lot of fun yeah it's red yeah uh, no I, I also went with it because neither of us had any Bruce Campbell or Sam Raimi this year that's true Usually, like Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Yeah. I feel like we've had them all. Well, we've pretty much done most of I mean, one year I'll get around to My Name is Bruce, but like, and, and the Evil Dead 2013 13. remake, yeah. which, which I like. But also, the main villain in this, the blonde haired Fabio type. Yeah, he's, you remember him from Die Hard? Yeah. And the Money Pit? Yeah. Yeah. Not the Money Pit, but from Die Hard. Well, have you ever seen the Money Pit? No. Show on? no okay. I need well, to. he's in that. Oh, that's all you need to know. But yeah, no, to see that guy, that also, the what's weird about it is, is, is Waxwork was such like a cult film that to get the sequel, that um, I think only played limited release in theaters. I think it was mainly like well, a I couldn't even VHS. find it on streaming. I'm not a physical collector like right. you or Chris. Uh, I would like to be. I'm just not that motivated, sure. I yeah. guess. But I couldn't find it on streaming until this year. Okay. And then once I could finally sit down and rewatch it again, and I did snag and watch Waxwork last year. Yeah. I was like, this is perfect. This Bruce Campbell scene is fucking perfect. And what's his name? The dude from the Goonies. Or not the Goonies, Gremlins. The actor. What is his name? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Zach, he plays Billy. Zach Gillian. Gall- Galligan? Zach Galligan. Yeah. Zach Galligan. He's, he's even been to Earth FedEx. Zach Galligan. Zach Galligan, who from Billy from Gremlins and Gremlins 2, he's the lead in this one. And that's the thing. He does a great job. It's he such plays a low a budget horror movie that's brilliant. definitely made for video, but they get such a good cast and they get so creative with it that it's just a lot of fun. And they, they do draw out the whole medieval time fantasy. It's still fun. But. I could have used a few more clips in there, paying yeah. homage to other genres. Yeah, which they do actually. I mean, they spend more time well. in the, that 1950s segment. Yeah. In the black and white, which yeah. was shot. It was all shot red. So, uh, anyways. So good. Anyways. Waxwork 2. Waxwork 2. You like it. I like it. Somewhere in town. I recommend it. You got to check it out. It's a good cult classic. Light up your doobage and have a few beers. Watch this late at night. You'll have a good time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Let's get into uh, one of yours. All right. Let's do it. Get on with it. Say what you have to say. When the Jews return to Zion and a comet rips the sky, the Holy Roman Empire rises, then you and I must die. From the eternal sea, he rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against his brother till man exists no more. Book of Revelations predicted it all. I'm not here to listen to a sermon. It is by means of a human personality entirely in his possession that Satan will wage his last formidable offense. You said that my wife Go to the town of Megiddo in the old city of Jezreel. There see the old man, Buganagan. He alone can describe how the child must die. Look here. He will not be saved by the lamb, will be torn by the beast. Will you stop? 
I'm here because you said my wife is in danger. She is pregnant. You're mistaken. That's nonsense. He will not allow the child to be born. He will kill it while it slumbers in the womb. What in God's name are you talking about? Your son, Mr. Thorne. The son of the devil. He will kill the unborn child. Then he will kill your wife. And when he is certain to inherit all that is yours, then, Mr. Thorne, he will kill you. That's enough. And with your wealth and power, he will establish his counterfeit kingdom here on earth, receiving his power directly from Satan. You're insane. He must die, Mr. Thorne. You asked for five minutes, and you've got five minutes. Badass, dude. <laughs> Badass. The Omen. The Omen. The original The Omen from director Richard Donner. Yes, Richard Donner. Richard Donner. Lethal Weapon. One through four. One through four. Goonies. Goonies. Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk. Superman. Which I've seen a few times. Superman. The dude. The movie. Superman yeah. 2, the Richard Donner cut. Yeah. Is a brilliant flick. And here he is doing a horror flick that was definitely cashing on the craze of, of Rosemary's Baby and the Exorcist. But like kind of the genre of oh, in and of itself. So Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist, they're, they're a few years, like three years apart, but they sort of four years apart. They sort of set up the whole popularity of the supernatural, like the satanic type of horror movies, right? But The Omen comes along and it's it's very much on the same level. It's not a cheap knockoff, and there were so many cheap knockoffs. And it has its own level of gore that's just over the top, but super awesome. And uh, I mean, you got Gregory Peck in there. Come on, from To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, the Gregory <laughs> Peck, man. Um, People are too young. Agreement. I barely like, remember who Gregory Peck is. He's a fan. Dude, he's yeah, a I fantastic guy. But you know what I mean. The yeah. Generations are getting out of tune. Chris has brought this up before. Yeah, no, that's it's true. So but having an actor like that. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just adds a whole level of, of gravitas to it. Plus, it's got David Warner, who is uh, who uh, is is the photographer. David Warner was also the villain of the first Waxwork. Oh, perfect! It is the voice of Ra's Al Ghul in Batman the Animated Series and in his time. Batman the Animated Tron. Series is awesome. Yeah, this is we've turned into a fanex podcast all of a sudden <laughs> talking about DC and Superman and Batman. You know, The Omen's a great movie. I've only seen this a couple of times. Dude, it's one and of my now, favorites. But I'll never forget the first time I saw it at Damien's birthday party with the nanny. Oh yeah, or whatever on the way. I did it all. It's all for it's you. All for you. What's well, cool too is the priest that Gregory Peck was talking to is Patrick Troughton, who is one of my favorite actors. He was the second Doctor in the long-running British. Uh, sci-fi series Doctor Who from 66 to 69. It's in films like Treasure Island and um, uh, Jason and the Argonauts, The Gorgon, uh, Scars of Dracula, Frankenstein, the Monster from Hell, <laughs> Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger. He's got a couple of sons. A couple of his sons are actors who've been in films like The Ritual, which was directed by uh, the guy who did The New Hellraiser. The New Hellraiser. I really enjoyed that. We'll have to talk about that sometime. Sometime. We'll uh, save he it. Had another, uh, so like, yeah, no, so special. yeah, so no, The Omen's just one of those films for, you know, I even like the sequel, Damien, The Omen 2. Uh, and I even liked the remake from 2006. I never saw the remake. I didn't mind too that the first one. Remake was surprisingly good. You, 
the remake is almost a shot for shot and it works where like that shot for shot remake of Psycho from 98 with Vince Vaughn yeah. the Gus Van Sant Vince Vaughn that didn't work debates. that didn't work but the remake of The Omen is good they use the same script like it's it's yeah it's just a good classic end uh, of the world horror story you know like yeah, the, the, perfect. the spawn of Satan the, the well, beast so what have we done so far that's three clips and they all dealt with not really possession in the omen but satanic satanic entities and, yeah uh, for sure yeah yeah, kind of a theme this year, good. I think. We'll see. Yeah, let's jump into my next clip and see what let's you do it. Unless you've got anything to add. All I was going to say is on the Richard score, Donner's on Richard Donner's Omen. The Omen. The score by Jerry Goldsmith is one of his best. And if you are familiar with with Damien on South Park and the music that plays when he walks uh-huh. over, it's because <laughs> of this movie. Their cheap knockoff imitation, which kills me every time because it's hilarious. Yeah, no, The Omen is just it's it's a perfectly packaged. Thrill ride. Solid two minutes of just just terrifying noises. It's about a minute and a half. A minute and a half. Okay. I might have pushed it a little long, but Toby Hooper's 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre classic. We've talked about this original film by Toby Hooper. I did Texas Chainsaw too on our first year, right? Yeah, I think it was the first or second year. I think it was the first. Yeah, first or second. It's been five years, yeah. man. It's, it's all a blur. <laughs> uh, great memories and scary movies. Uh, but it, when I did do the Texas Chainsaw 2 clip, I, I realized picking clips for this year that that one had no dialogue either. Yeah, no. And the ending of 1974 Texas Chainsaw, where the brother's chasing her down, Leatherface yeah. is running out, ripping the cord, trying to get the chainsaw going. Yeah. The brother gets run over by the semi truck, <laughs> and then Leatherface, Gunner Hansen, rest in peace, just keeps coming and coming with the chainsaw. It's a classic. In the end, she just starts, she's like hysterically laughing because she actually got out of this pit out of hell in Texas. Exactly. I got to tell you, man, um, that is definitely a classic. 
but I think it gets it, it has more notoriety for the name than the actual film. I think people hear the name. I think why don't I watch that? But, yeah. You know, but the movie's really it's a lot like Psycho and Halloween, where it's more atmosphere. Yeah, and and it's sound the environment like you can almost smell the environment. Yeah, right? but it's you not smell that fall when you watch Halloween. You see somebody get put on a hook. The hook doesn't go through the body. There isn't all the blood splatter and something. And you it's find intense. In a movie and it's ten years it's later. Very dramatic. And intense. Yeah. When, when he slams that chick on the meat hook. Yeah. But again, feel you feel it, but you don't it, see you know? it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's artistic and, and stylish. And maybe that, like Night of the Living Dead, maybe it's because it had the very low budget and they had to work yeah. with what they had. Same thing with Evil Dead, or the original the movie you know. association and trying to get a certain rating for yeah. a certain audience yeah. having to scale it back. Well, wasn't I think it was originally rated X when it came out, even though like it really no it's definitely yeah but at the rate. time in the oh yeah 70s, in 74 yeah that would have been pretty brutal we're creeping up on the satanic shot. panic of mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons in the 1980s <laughs> same time the martial arts and exploitation craze are going on but yeah I mean, no. nowadays everybody's like oh yeah well we know about Ed Gein and what really happened which sure. is loosely based off of well so is Psycho exactly uh, Norman Bates but um yeah, it's just a different time. It was way sh- more shocking then than now. See, and I don't know what your audience demographic is, man, but if, if anybody who's listening has not seen any of the movies... If our three to five listeners, hi, Mom, could please write in and let us know. I, I don't know. I never look at the numbers. <laughs> well, you know... I assume nobody, and this is just for us. It for could be reason. just for us, but there are probably yeah. people out there. It could be a thousand people and... Uh, Thailand somewhere they're tuning in <laughs> look forward to it every year well, hey, I hope so and we thank you for listening um, yeah if you haven't seen if you're not familiar with some of these movies we're covering some of like over the last five years we've been covering some of like personal favorites of both of us but also some films that are like milestone horror movies man that have created or been a part of um, iconic like franchises or yeah. you know just iconic in general um so this is one that I chalk up there with The Exorcist and with the original Evil Dead and like Phantasm. Like this is a classic. This is a, one of the all-time greatest horror films. When I feel like we talked about you know spirits and possession for the first three yeah. clips, Let's bring it back down to earth a little bit and go for some good old fashioned, good old fashioned psychotic. psychotic. And it's Gunner fucking Hansen. <laughs> All right. Windmills R. with the chainsaw. Yeah. All right, I'll be quiet. Let's get to your next clip. Oh, we're going to mine? All right, let's do it. What's up? What side of the rainbow are we working tonight, Dr. Lash? Is this your Knott's Berry Farm solution? I know what you're thinking, but you must take my word for it. She's cleaned many houses. Her gifts have been documented. Look, you know, we haven't heard Caroline since last night. Why is this door locked, Mr. Freeling? Answer her, Stephen. I am. I am addressing the living. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's the room my son and daughter used to occupy. We believe it's the heart of the house. This house has many hearts. What is the matter? What's the matter? <laughs> I was trying to answer her with my mind, and she couldn't hear me. No, I thought you said this tin gene appearance was an extraordinary uh, clairvoyant. I just don't like trick answers. 
from a 1982 Toby Hooper's Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah, so we just went from one Toby Hooper film, Texas Chainsaw 74, Poltergeist in 82, written and produced by Steven Spielberg, who some would say about that. some would say he actually directed the movie, but but most of the people involved would say that um, Toby was the director, but Spielberg definitely asserted himself on set when he was there. Yeah. But never but it was a collaborative process. He never like took over or anything like that. Pushed him off the camera. No, but this this is one of, of this here. is one of the movies that eventually led to the PG thirteen rating. It's nineteen eighty two, PG thirteen drops in eighty four. But it's because of films like this, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the Gremlins, films that were like not quite bad enough to be R rated. Yeah, but, but darker you know, elements. Yeah, dark, or, definitely darker or elements. Or monkey brains and a lot of butts. Yeah, yeah. Depending on which film you're talking about. And the thing <laughs> is, man, Poltergeist is one of those films I saw in the summer of 82 in the theater at a ripe young age. Uh, my mom had taken me to see E.T. We laughed. We cried. It was cathartic. Two weeks later, <laughs> like literally the next week, Poltergeist came out. Like nice. the, the release dates yeah. are a week apart. My mom's like, oh, it's another film with Steven Spielberg and it's PG. Let's go and see it. And I think both of us had nightmares. After it's a that. terrifying movie. It, the pool scene with all the, the skeletons that come yeah. up. and Clowns. Well, I hate clowns because well, of this movie. Clown doll was terrible. And trees. I think a lot of people do. Large trees outside of my window? No. Mm-mm. I forgot about the tree. Mm-hmm. It, it's an excellent, excellent movie. I did Poltergeist 3. That one creeps me out a lot more. Yeah. And I think it's just the big city setting and being trapped in a skyscraper in this yeah. setting. Well, I think you were at the right age. Neighborhood. I think you were yeah. at the right age when Poltergeist three came out, as I was when Poltergeist came out. And I think just, I think for for kids, even though they're not kids movies per se, but I think that they're the type of scary movies that kids can watch without being completely traumatized and yeah. get scared yeah. <laughs> and have a good time. I mean, yeah, there's probably some scarring, mental scarring there, emotional scarring there somewhere. Thank you very much, Steven Spielberg and Thank the you. late Toby Hooper. Uh, but I mean, it's it's just a solid ghost story. Like it's a really good well, and it, ghost story. It's creepy too, because as a kid, like you're saying, it's creepy just in and of itself. Yeah. But then later you start hearing like uh, Heather O'Rourke who played. Right. What was her name? Carol Ann. Carol Ann. Carol Ann. Don't go to the light, but Carol Ann. she died under really weird circumstances. No, she had a disease. Age? She had a disease. Right. And I forget what that disease or was. Or did she? Yeah, or did she? <laughs> well, it's like after shortly after Poltergeist 2, um, Will Sampson, the actor. Yeah, there's a, like he passed some sort away. Of supposed curse to yeah. this movie. But you know what? If you look at the if if you look at the Omen films and you look at the Exorcist films, there are also elements that happen too. And so well, everybody puts what about those the together. helicopter scene in the Twilight Twilight Zone movie scene. Everybody Google kinda, that if you don't know about oh, it. Oh yeah, no, that was <laughs> I that went years, Jesus. year long, like almost half the decade uh, in litigation and lawsuits on that one. But what I'm getting at is like you, you take these horror movies that have supernatural elements and you look at things like that, it's easy to go, Oh, there's kind of a curse. Yeah, but you know what? Bad things happen on regular movies. There's too, this word know? in the English language. Language called coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> Poltergeist. I highly recommend it. I got uh, to see the. And I wanted, sorry, I just want to show no, no, you. Craig T. Nelson. Oh yeah, coach. Coach. 
And he's a great actor. And Mr. He's also the voice of Mr. Incredible in The Incredibles. He is? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Incredible. It's incredible, right? That. Yeah. So, so you were um, saying, you got to see this. I got to see this just a few weeks ago, 40th anniversary screening, which makes me feel old because I saw it in the theater the first time. Haven't seen it since. And yes, some of the visual effects have slightly dated, and there are elements that are very much of the 80s where, like, uh, Which make it an 80s classic. I'm sorry. Kind of. But I mean, when the construction workers are oogling their oldest daughter who's in high school <laughs> and the mom is just like, oh, those men. You're like, really? That's that's <laughs> a, what? How come you're not out there going, listen, perverts. That's my she's daughter. in high school. I call the police, motherfuckers. No, nothing like that. It was like a cup, cup of coffee and just, oh, it's just men. Men. It's funny. It's because things like this, I don't notice as a kid those construction workers would be canceled they would be they would be fired HR department would be pulling them well it's kind of like I watched the monster squad today right yeah so I was doing some house chores put the monster squad in which we talked about a couple years back but yeah they they dropped the faggot word a lot and and, but I remember back in the late 80s that was definitely an insult it was an insult but I never especially as a kid associated it as a derogatory term derogatory term towards homosexuals well I, I mean yeah, I knew that, that it was an anti uh, anti-gay I, slur I found out later I'm a little bit younger than yeah, you so you know things come in two three four years it's one of those later. things where I'm watching the movie now and I go <sighs> Wow, we just heard you guys saying it and said it because we thought you were cool, you assholes. <laughs> and that's why I said it. It's because the older guy. But no, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, every movie is going to be um, um, dated by its era. And that's okay. Definitely an 80s classic. Definitely uh, a horror classic. Poltergeist is a perfect ghost story. Check it out. No, that is absolutely an excellent pick. Should we take a smoke break, cut the intermission, and return to the horror song. Sure. Smoke them if you got them. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Good to be back. We're halfway through it. Already? Five years. Halfway through five clips. Uh, I love having you on here because I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'm not much of a cinephile, so having you here with your wealth of knowledge and writers, directors, producers, cameramen, <laughs> costume, cinematography, editing. Stop. Pretty, you know what I mean? no, but Stop. You're making me sound like a nerd. I think because I am a nerd and I love these movies and I love talking about Hashtag them. Hashtag nerd. You get to incorporate all of those more knowledgeable nuggets of information so I appreciate you as well dude and I appreciate you having me on here it's always a good time always and uh cheers my friend another soft cheers with another soft cheers koozies clink maybe happy I'll just Halloween. have to insert insert clink sounds happy Halloween I thought about doing that but we just need to go back to having bourbon and scotch because then we get that yeah. 
glass clink and it's natural. Oh, it's uh, I recently did, did a DNA test and I, I always thought that uh, my last name, which is, I always thought it was German. I, I thought, because a lot of our family immigrated from Germany. Turns, Turns out it's Flemish. The, that side of the that Flemish Bless family you. moved to Germany <laughs> and settled there for many a decade before coming to the New World. But turns out I actually have a lot more Scottish in, in me. And the worst part for you, for, for Scots, is that also I'm mostly English, as it turns out. Uh, I just did a DNA test. I'm waiting for it to come back. I think it's in the final process. And they send you those tease emails every yeah. couple weeks. Yeah. This is where it is in the progress. Right. We haven't done anything yet, but we're doing stuff. Um, but I know my dad's side's Scottish, my mom's side's English German, but it'd be inter- yeah. interesting to see what's confirmed. Right. No, I was I'm pretty surprised. confident of the, the Scottish blood. I'm like nearly half Scottish <laughs> and then even more so English with a little bit of... Um, a little bit of Irish, a little bit of Flemish, uh, and a little Bless bit of, uh, of Dutch, uh, and and there you go. Your basic uh, Irish book, but now I've got that. We've got that Scottish connection, my friend. Love it. And which, like if I ever get married, uh, I'll do it in a kilt, and I won't feel like I'm uh, poser. Right. Yeah. I won't feel like I'm misappropriating another culture. Really I can be do a it. poser. It's an article of clothing. If you all want to wear a kilt, go right ahead. You know, it's like St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> except the Irish because they hate St. Patrick's Day. But you know, we're not talking about St. Patrick today. Uh, <laughs> no, back, back to the back, to, back to another Halloween. Irish Halloween. Uh, Sam A. Halloween three, season of the witch, season six, the witch. six degrees in the shade. <laughs> there it is. So Halloween ends. We'll talk about it later. Halloween ends tonight. No, wait, no. Again. Franchise ends tonight. Sorry. Definitely. We'll talk about it in a little bit. <laughs> so what's this? Uh, is this one, this clip is one of mine that we're going to throw in, or is it one of yours? I lost track during the I intermission, getting concessions from the lobby. Uh, let's find out. Dude, 
Nice. This was going to be one I was going to pick next year, but you beat me to it, and I'm glad you did. Finally. You got me. The first year, you, got, you, you got took me. like four of them from me. <laughs> so, so, payback's not pitch. revenge, it's karma. <laughs> You're exactly. Uh, this is a per Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow from 1999, Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci. Yes, please. Music by Danny Elfman. Like, yes, just, please. Just a, just an awesome Burton, film. It might as well be yeah. Danny Elfman. Yeah. And it's, it always is ever since Pee Wee. Right? No, there's been a few films without Danny Elfman, but mostly it's Danny Elfman. Okay. Ed Wood, he had a different composer because he had Howard Shore. You should get on. I'll talk about that one. It's not a horror movie per se, but it fits the Halloween. Well, because Ed Wood was a director and it was made, 1950s made, B yeah, horror movies. B movie, exactly. Pretty much, right? But like Howard Shore did that score. Howard Shore usually worked with um, um, Jonathan Demme and and, and uh, has worked a lot with uh, uh, David Cronenberg, so he's done a lot of horror movies. But uh, the reason why is because uh, Danny Elfman was busy working on the music for Nightmare Before Christmas. And like Sweeney Todd, uh, that's based on the musical by Sondheim, so of course that music was not by Danny Elfman. Which makes sense. Exactly. Sweeney but, Todd was alright. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised at its brutality. I liked I, it a lot. I prefer Winona Ryder or Christina Ricci in my Tim Burton films. Not a huge fan of Helen Bonaparte. Yeah, no, I Marla Fight Club, Out of the Gate. You were like, who's this bitch? <laughs> in a respectful way, like a badass way, canceled again. You didn't know her before but, that? I don't, no, before okay. Fight Club? Okay. No. Yeah. So, uh, but no, Sleepy Hollow is great. I love the old Ichabod Crane Disney Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah, The Adventures uh, of Mr. Todd. Watched Tom. that this Ichabod year, Mr. and it led Classic. me to pick in this one. And and Tim Burton Here's is kind of a staple of our generation, right? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Batman, Beetlejuice, Pee Batman, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I watched Edward Scissorhands, Dark Shadows, which I really didn't. I like Dark Shadows. I didn't appreciate. I'm a fan of the old soap opera. As I as I might, but I didn't appreciate his movie until the second watch through, which was just this last okay. week. Okay. Okay. And everything's great. It's it, it's not the TV series, but it yeah. takes enough of the elements that makes it into something fun to watch. Kind of wish that it had been successful enough to get more. Because I think there's more they could like. We it never felt got like it was a foundation pushing words. Yeah. It was trying to build a franchise. Yeah, I say a multiverse. <laughs> Just kidding. I know. I know. I have feelings on everything. Not yeah, everything doesn't have, have to be, be connected. Oh, it's a horror film that's in the multiverse. But I will say this: the reason why I like this sleepy movie, our, a sleepy hollow movie, uh, this version, and I remember in 1999 being so excited, not because it's a Tim Burton film specifically, not because it's got great actors like Martin Landau and Christopher Lee and Ray Park as oh, the cast, um, Jeffrey Jones before he was a known pedophile or pedophile. Is the head of this horse. Yeah, as the Hessian. Yeah. Uh, it's it's because um, what Tim Burton did with this with this film is he took the old uh, Washington Irvine story, right, which yep. is an American Gothic story, yep. and he turned it into an, a, a Hammer horror film. So this is the type of uh, film that the Hammer Studio in England would have made in the 50s, 60s. That's a 70s. beautiful analogy. Well, it's exactly. I, I would agree. I didn't think that way before you said it. But. So like you know, it's it's a little bit more tantalizing with the sex and a little bit more yeah. violent and gory and but that's because Tim Burton grew up with those kind of 
Yeah. He grew up with films like The Curse of Frankenstein and The Revenge of Frankenstein and things like that with, with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Count Dooku or Grandma Tarkin. Exactly. Ignorant. Yeah. But yeah. Well, those Hammer films are great. They're classics. And thanks to you, a few years ago, I started watching. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, that, and I think that was way before Dead Serial Film School. You mentioned Hammer yeah. Films in passing. We've known each other a minute. Yeah, we have. So some, sometime at some place, at some point, you mentioned <laughs> Hammer Films and yep. set me down the path. It's going to come up because, uh, they're, for me, they're, they're, there's a lot in their canon of films that are classic horror movies. And I feel like Sleepy Hollow was like not just an adaptation of the Irvine Washington story, but a, like a loving tribute to that studio and that type of horror film. They took a very American Gothic horror film and made it feel like a, an English Gothic horror film. Love it. And it's yeah. so good. In the new England, right? New yeah. York. Yeah. It's a, it's a, they're the still the colonies at this point, dead. I believe. Or maybe it's post-revolutionary war, but it's not long after. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's awesome. It's a great movie. I love the old folklore of it. And as you've noticed with some of my clips over the years, I tend to go with some that don't have very, if any, dialogue. Right. Because use your imaginations. There's nothing it's wrong radio. with that. I blame The Shadow and George <laughs> Norrie yes. or Bell or Phil Hendry. You know what I mean? Yep. Use your imagination. You're listening to pictures, people. Exactly. Let's jump into I, I, I tend to throw out a little bit more dialogue, but that's just because I want people like, just right away, you're going to know what this movie is. So let's see if right away you know what this movie is. Where are we going? You have to tell me what's going on, Mr. Crow. Have you ever seen a vampire? No. Well, first of all, they're not romantic, all right? It's not like they're a bunch of fucking fags hopping around in rented formal wear and seducing everybody in sight with cheesy Euro trash accents, all right? Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. Garlic, not try garlic, you stand there with garlic around your neck. One of these buggers will bend you fucking over and take a walk up your strata chocolata while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, all right? They don't sleep in coffins lined in taffeta. You want to kill one, you drive a wooden stake right through his fucking heart. Sunlight turns them into crispy critters. Got it? See this map? This map shows all the encounters in the United States as far back as the 1800s. Never seen this. No one has, outside the team. Look at the Southwest. See the spiral pattern? Yeah. If you time sequence all the encounters, you get a logarithmic pattern, ever widening. It's a search pattern, Padre. They're looking for something. You know what it is? I heard stories when I was young. Something about a black cross, about vampires walking in the sunlight. Padre, can I ask you something? Yep. I was kicking your ass back there. Did they give you wood? What? Huh? You get a little mahogany from that little ebony? Come on, tell the truth. Just fucking with your father. Forget about it. Joe, excellent pick. 1998, John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah. I worked in the movie theater in Taylorsville when this came out. Oh, nice. So, and that was rad because not only did I get to hang out in the projection booth in between shifts and after hours, but Dave, the projectionist, would always let us come 
we had to run every single movie the Thursday night before it premiered oh, to wow. make sure that his cuts and cigarette burns, right. we call them in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> right, right. He would, but he would tell us what movies he was testing and what nights and we'd just come in at after hours and the eight, like five of us. Job, it was rad. Golden moment. You got, you got to see this one. I, got, I saw this in the theater in 98. I was, it was the ripe age of 22 and, uh, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. Obviously, John Carpenter's a thread. Six degrees of the shape. Yep. Thank Going you. all the way back to Halloween. <laughs> and uh, we've had a lot of John Carpenter movies uh, in our episodes, and we will continue to have John Carpenter movies in our episodes. And hopefully more Deborah Hill. Yes. There's only so much, right? Well, she's a producer. She's, we were she's, talking about that earlier. Yeah. But this movie, like, there are a lot of there are a lot of good vampire movies, and there are a lot of cheesy vampire movies. And it's somehow, like good, cheesy this is this movie. one's the, the <laughs> perfect hybrid of good and cheesy. I love James Woods in this movie. How he's just like this five foot nothing like uh, leather jacket wearing tough guy, just mouthing off to all these <laughs> vampires. Doesn't give a shit. And he's talking about. Turning the priest on when he's yep. kicking his ass. It just, he's just, I, he's my type of protagonist, man. He's my type of hero. Like Han Solo or like uh, McCready or Snake Plissken, like those, those Ash Williams, like those type of heroes that can look in danger and just laugh and maybe give him the finger. Like John Nada, uh, Nada in uh, They Live. You nice. know what I mean? Like yep. those type of characters that are just like, Yep, there's a big scary demon coming to us. Fuck it, you know what I mean? Like, like Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Excellent. I think James Woods is character. That could almost be a horror film with the way it ends. Oh, I watched it several times during Scary Movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. I, I think that uh, Jack Crow, uh, the character that uh, what a great name too that that uh, James Woods plays <laughs> is very much like. Um, a part of that roster of heroes, you know what I mean? Smart alecky, nice. tough guys that just Ash Williams, yeah, they the just, king of all. They just them. kick evil right. in the balls, man. And what's cool too is Cheryl Lynn Finn is in there. Cheryl Lee, sorry, Cheryl Lee is in this. Who is also um, who is she? Cheryl Lee. from from Twin Peaks. She oh. is Laura Palmer. She is absolutely Laura Palmer. And of course, you got the you got the fat. I bald. haven't seen that since I saw it in the oh, theater. You got to see this, man. You got to see it again. You got the fat bald one in there. Uh, uh, Stephen? No, not Stephen. Not uh, Daniel. Oh, Sean. Or Billy. It is Daniel Baldwin, not Billy Baldwin. Is there a Sean Baldwin? There I, should be. There's probably <laughs> a, every name you can think of Baldwin. But no, this it's a fun it's a fun action horror film. It's a cool vampire flick, and I just recently rewatched Siskel and Ebert's review, and like Gene Siskel, a guy I usually disagree with, love this actually movie. A fan. Gave a total thumbs up. Well, Roger Ebert, who I usually agree with, was like, "Yeah, this it's okay." Is, this is mad. And I'm like, Roger, you're wrong. But you know, <laughs> it's it's one I highly recommend. It's a good popcorn movie, and I just had to throw it on this list because it's just a fun. Movie. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into my next movie. All right, let's do it. Here we go. So sweet of you to come back. How can it send us back, child? We're already here. And so are you. (laughs) 
open the box and what was it last time? Didn't know what the box was. And yet we do keep finding each other, don't we? Oh, Kirsty. So eager to play. So reluctant to admit it. Perhaps you're teasing us. Are you teasing us? I've come for my father! (laughs) (laughs) But he is in his own hell, child, and quite unreachable. I don't believe you! But it's true. He is in his own hell, just as you are in yours. And what about you? We have no more surprises. We've always been here. But please, feel free. Explore. (laughs) We have eternity to know your flesh. All right, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Nice. Clyde Barker. Yeah, what was this? 89? Hellbound, it was 88. Yeah. So it was just like two years after Hellraiser. Which we've done. Yeah, first first or second. Which I think it was funny because I did Texas Chainsaw 2, then the original, but with Hellraiser, I went with the first one. And I think watching the new one on Hulu inspired me to go with another Hellraiser one. Yeah, okay. And like, you were just saying, Hellraiser, Hellbound, and the new Hellraiser are the perfect three out of the rest yeah. of the nonsense. Yeah. And I mentioned it before, we did get the prequel or an origin story for Pinhead, which was Matt. But uh, I, I thought Doug Bradley was the perfect fucking Pinhead, and I was just happy that yeah. we got to see more and yeah. more of this character. I was way reserved at first with the new pinhead and kind of rebooting. She was good. She was awesome. She was good. It's like I, and I the always, voice was killer. The costume was killer. Cinematography. I had no expectations, so I think exactly. I enjoyed it uh, because I wasn't really expecting it. You know how most see, because here's the thing. 12, there's 12 Hellraiser films. Like I was telling you, for me, until this new one, just the first two are the ones that I enjoy the most. Yeah. I will watch. Likewise, I will watch. Uh, you know, Hell on Earth and 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 Bloodline and Pinhead in you know, space. But they just get more ridiculous <laughs> and they just get silly. To be honest with you, I only have the first six. Like after six, I have the first even, two. I just don't even care. Yeah. So this new one was surprisingly good because it felt like okay, this is actually a. Uh, something made to be shown in the theaters it's yeah. cinematic it's not like a straight to DVD CW uh, Halloween special yeah <laughs> like a lot of the sequels have been yeah. you know they stopped after the fourth one they didn't do them they didn't release them in theaters anymore you know you know it's a yeah. bad sign when your sequels don't straight get to video like sequels to Amityville and sequels to The Omen like The Omen 4 the Shining reboot on ABC yeah no see when, you, <laughs> when it's made for TV like that you just when the franchise takes that dive you know that they're just not it's just not working and like I'm not a total gore hound. I do get bored with sometimes seeing the same thing over and over. Again. Yeah. So like, um, well, that's, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's one thing I loved about Hellbound as a sequel is it's a totally new environment. She's in yeah. hell. Yeah. Christine, who I think is, or Kirsten, Christy. Yeah. She's a great final girl. 
and she she gets hardly any recognition. Maybe she doesn't want it. I don't know. Yeah. But I just love the fact that Hellbound is a continuation of her story. Yeah. We're not going Nightmare on Elm Street two with a new main. Right. We wish which they learned their lesson, which is why Elm Street they, three. Yes. Yeah. And Wes Craven's new Nightmare brought Nancy back. Yeah. But great final girl movie. I love Pinhead. I love monsters. Yeah. You know, I think over the last four years we we've kind of concluded that LJ likes monster movies. <laughs> We're so. main antagonist, right? <laughs> yeah. So how about too? I had to throw See, I'm all over the place. It depends. I'm like sometimes it's a supernatural force, sometimes it's yeah. a monster, sometimes it's a serial killer. I, I what well, sometimes it's a vampire or whatever. Spike out occasionally. Yeah. And come right or back. Or an alien. To but, but here's the thing. I'm going to say this, though, uh, before we move on to the next one. Um, Hellbound. So Hellraiser to me was just like really disturbing when I saw it. Yeah. It's so sexual. Very sexualized, graphic, graphic very violence. adult. Yeah. yeah. Right. And also quasi-religious, too. So a lot of yeah. taboos as, as a child, as a preteen watching that first one or as a teenager. I think I was 13 or 12. I was 12 when I saw it. So I didn't see Hellraiser when it came out when I was 10. I saw it a couple of years later, uh, you know, on video. Yeah. 12. And, uh, I saw all these on video or you Disturbed me. Something, yeah. But it was fun. But there was something about uh, Hellbound. I think, I don't think I like Hellbound but I think Hellbound is a, like some of the good sequels like Aliens or Phantasm 2 or Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. I think Hellbound Hellraiser 2 kind of amps up the first film. Yeah. Like it just raises the bar. It's got a bigger budget. They're, they could just do more and go more yeah, into more areas. Yeah, you made us some money, so here's a little bit more. Yeah. Do what you did and... The studio, Let's, I'm assuming, stayed out of the way, and this yeah. is the result that you get. And just so it's it's a good product. I think Hellbound Hellraiser Two is to Hellbound what you know, um, Evil Dead Two is to the Evil Dead is to Hellraiser what Evil Dead Two is right. To exactly. Evil Dead. It just kind of yeah. they just kind of amp up the the plane. Cranked it up from movie. eight to eleven. It's a fun, gory, disgusting sexual movie. That's all I can tell. <laughs> my favorite things. Yes. Let's get into one of yours. Uh, one of mine. All right. Wait, is this this is my last one, I think, isn't it? I think this is my last yeah, one. I think this is your last All one. Do you right. have any last words? Yeah, listen closely. <laughs> but the first one, where it all began, was in the 1890s. It's the story Helen found. The story of Daniel Robitaille. He made a good living touring the country painting portraits for wealthy families. Mostly white. And they loved But you know how it goes. They love what we make. But not us. One day, he's commissioned to paint the daughter of a Chicago factory owner who made his fortune in the stockyards. Well, Robert High committed the ultimate sin of his die. They fell in love. They had an affair. She got pregnant. The girl tells her father and what. You know, he hires some men to hunt Robitaille down, told him to get creative. Chase him through here in the middle of the day. He collapses from exhaustion right near where the old tower in Chestnut used to be. They beat him, tortured him. They cut off his arm and jam a meat hook in the stump. They smear honeycomb from the nearby hives on his chest and let the bees sting him. A crowd started to form to watch the show. The big finale. They set him on fire, and he finally dies. But a story like that, a pain like that, 
last forever. That's Candyman. 2021, Candyman, directed by Nia DaCosta. I'm not familiar with her, and I have yet to seen this, which is a direct sequel from yeah. the Tony Todd. Yeah. 1990. 92. 92. We did that last original year. Candyman. We did the original last say, year. Which we did last year. And that clip was epic. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome movie. And I have no idea why we only have two movies of Candyman. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's actually four. There is? Yeah, there was two in the 90s. There was Candyman Farewell to the Flesh and Candyman right. Day of the Dead. Candyman oh, Day of the Dead is one that, that I mentioned last year, too, that even Tony Todd was kind of like, yeah, that's that's not a particularly good movie. <laughs> Farewell to the Flesh isn't bad. And, and this 2021 Candyman doesn't, even though it is set up to be like the Halloween, 2018 Halloween, to be a direct excuse me, sequel to the original film. It doesn't discount any of the events of the second. Did you say Halloween? Well, I'm saying as an example. But by golly, is that six degrees of the shape? But (laughs) but as an example, how the 2018 Halloween movie discounts all the Halloween sequels. This discounts those two sequels. It doesn't acknowledge the direct sequels, but it also doesn't it's not set up in a way that would um, say that they didn't happen either. Nice. So if you want to accept this as like the fourth sequel or third sequel, you can. If you just want to skip two and three and just watch the original on this, you can. Nia uh, Nicosti, like you're gonna um, you're gonna be familiar with her soon because she's uh, directing the upcoming um, the Marvels for Marvel Studios. Nice. Um, she also directed Marvel News. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Hashtag FanX. And she she also directed a really good thriller back in 2018 called Little Woods. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, I I would check this out. But like as we talked about last year, dude, I'm a fan of Candyman movies, um, and I think this new Candyman is uh, on the same level as the original film. I think it's just as good. I think nice. it's a great companion piece. Um, I don't really want to spoil it for you, my friend, because I know we said spoilers. Yeah, I would rather not be spoiled, and I appreciate that. Um, I will check it out. Here's what I recommend. Watch the original. That's what I want to do. Either a day apart or as a double feature. I could do a midnight matinee double feature. Okay. Night owl that I am. This has got really Maybe I'll wrap that up Halloween weekend. Oh, there you go. Two flicks to watch, one that I've never seen. I hope Candyman becomes more of an iconic, uh, and I know for for the true horror fans, he is an iconic character, but I hope he... Well, we used to play Candyman in the mirror in uh, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, yeah. In elementary school. It was Bloody Mary, yeah, for sure. But I never did that because I don't want to tempt the fates. (laughs) Well, produced by Jordan Peele. Produced by Jordan Peele. I love Jordan Peele's motion pictures. Yeah. Uh, nope, I thought was good. Nope was dope. Us, I thought was nope was dope. Get out was get phenomenal. out is great. Us is yeah. great. Nope, it's dope. Yeah, dope AF. I love, love that movie. So yeah. does this for you? Uh, did as a producer and not a director, how did Jordan Peele do? Does it feel like a Jordan Peele movie? No, it ab- it absolutely feels like something that Jordan Peele would be involved with in terms of like his type of storytelling nice. his, his horrors not, okay. not his comedy yeah. but it definitely feels like it's um, Nia DaCosta's vision you know Love but it. it also feels like even though it's her original vision it still has a lot of visual continuity with the original Candyman 
which was directed by uh, an English filmmaker. Now I've suddenly forgot his name, but um, yeah, it's it's a really cool contemporary social political um, horror film. I, I think you could even bypass the social politics on its own merits. It's just a good scary movie that is is rewarding for those who have been patiently waiting for a new Candyman. Excellent. Yeah. Well, speaking of patiently waiting, we're going to talk about Halloween ends. Yes, we are. Are we? <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe. But we'll, Just in tandem. We'll get into this next clip, which I think will pull us towards the shape much better than maybe Halloween ends does. Yeah. Uh, and we'll wrap this up, the fifth year, Horathon yeah. Halloween special. Five years already. Let's do it. Miss Tate, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to make you jump. It's okay. Well, hey, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. Uh, Miss Tate, I know it's not my place. If I could be maternal for a moment, I don't like to see you like this. I've seen you like this before, and... We've all had bad things happen to us. The trick is to concentrate on today. What do I know? You just take care of yourself, okay? Thank you very much. We'll see you Monday. Oh, Miss Tate, uh, happy Halloween. little homage to Psycho there. That was 1998's Halloween 20 Years Later or H2O, H2O. as most people refer to. Uh, directed by Steve Miner, who gave us films like Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3. House, which is a particular I favorite. love House. We'll talk about that sometime. We haven't done House yet, have Not we? Not yet. Also was it House or House 2 with the tagline, Ding Dong, You're Dead? That's House. Yeah, perfect. And then he also directed the 2008 remake of Day of the Dead, the uh, uh, George Romero classic. Yep. Uh, he directed Lake Placid and a few films that are not horror. Well, and Warlock. He also directed the, the first Warlock. I haven't Warlock. seen Warlock in years. He directed a few that weren't um, horror. I mean, Soul Man, Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. This is a Halloween special. We don't care about those. Fine. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, no, this one. He well, doesn't have a minor career. No. But um That clip, though, hearing Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, and her mom, Janet Lee, not playing her mom. Yeah, not playing her mom. It's almost reprising her role from Psycho. Yeah. Well, the kind music of the same outfit, same bag. That music shifts same into. Same car. And yes, the music. It shifts into like Marion Crane, like like Bernard Herrmann, Bernard Psycho Herman's territory. theme yeah. from Psycho for Marion Crane. Yeah. Which is, it's red. And you've got these two screen. Screen queens? Screen queens. Thank you. Uh, of course, we've had a couple beers and a little, and a little, yeah, smoky smoke. It's a Halloween special. Happy Halloween! Uh, I love having those two screen queens on the same screen, paying homage to two classics. 
well, Halloween, Halloween, John Carpenter's Psycho. Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, and, Psycho. and Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And what's cool too is that that's the second film, and the first film since John Carpenter's The Fog that those two appeared together, mother and daughter, yes. in, in a film together. But I think it's done perfectly here, mm-hmm. and the homage that it pays to to both of those original films and both of those characters. It's fucking rad. Dude, this movie gets a bad rap from a lot of diehard... Well, after Halloween ends, it should have gotten Oscar, Joe. Yeah, it, it gets a bad rep from a lot of hardcore <laughs> Halloween fans. This and Resurrection, and I understand why you don't like Resurrection, but it's still better. They're both still better than Rob Zombie's films. Um, yes, H2O ignores the events of, obviously, Three Seasons of the Witch and then Four, Five, five and Six. six. And just only acknowledges one and two. Yep. And, you know, on its own merits, as that, you know, sequel that it was attempting to that be. That trilogy film. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's a fun movie. It's fine. The know? biggest thing for me, and it, I bitched about this in Halloween 4, not so much in Halloween 5, and Halloween 6, and I've actually given Rob Zombie's costume... Yeah. Design it's the credit. mask for you. It's the yeah. mask. Yeah. And even if it's not the same mask, they could have done so much better than four and five. Well, how and hard could it be to replicate that mask? It's not that hard. We saw it in it's David Gordon Green and Gavin McBride's 2018. Yeah. They exactly. perfected it. Yeah. And Halloween Kills in the flashback scenes yeah. fucking perfected yeah. the mask. And the mask in ends is fucking sucked. Well, see, I'm glad you chose this one because I was almost half tempted to shoot. We've already done the Curse of Michael Myers, right? I don't so think we, we have. So I know we no. not Curse, sorry, but Return. Return, yes. So we've done, we've done do the that. original Halloween. Yep. We've done Halloween 2. Halloween 4. And uh, and now um, H2O. Like, I think we've covered most of the like best Halloween movies. Season of the Witch is, is its own beast. And we've talked about that. <laughs> I'm just saying, we've covered most of the like the good, the really good yeah. Halloween movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're talking series. about Season of the Witch, though, is a, is a good Halloween movie. And it is a shame we never got the John Carpenter and Deborah Hill anthology series yeah. produced by Mustafa Akkad. It could have been epic. You know, they could do that now, though. Oh, they could do that as I a think television they are doing series. That. Like a television I think Universal series, is doing right? it. Like, that would be cool. Do we want to jump right into Halloween Ends? Yeah, we might as 
whole transition. I'm just, you know, like I am going to say one year I will talk about. I, either you or I are going to pick Season of the Witch because it's a good. It's going to come down. It's a good horror. Movie. It is. Yeah. yeah, we've included the music in two different episodes. Yeah. We did. Uh, the, it's almost time, kids. Oh, dude. And then the, the following year, I threw in there. Uh, put on your mask. Yep. It's so, finally time. Three songs from that soundtrack always wind up on my Halloween playlist every year. It doesn't matter when I put it together. The Chariot of the Pumpkins is all, always going to be going on on those nice. playlists. Love and it. And the main title theme from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. All right. <laughs> Jumping from there all the way to 2022 to uh, Halloween Ends, directed by David. Oh, boy. Where do we start with this one, man? Where, uh, you know, toilet paper and vomit bags? Five years ago, we were so stoked because Halloween 2018, 2018 was so good. We both really liked it. We appreciated how it paid homage to the yeah. old, you're the new Loomis. Yeah. You know, like Jamie Lee Curtis almost breaking the fourth wall, yeah. pointing it out and, and kind of smirking at it. Um, and, and Halloween Kills, I know you didn't really like it as much as I did. But especially after Halloween ends and going back and watching Kills, it made me appreciate it that much more. It's still not Because they movie. actually treated it's it has elements more Halloween of it. elements, yeah. Yes. But there are elements of it that are garbage. This is how I would say But not as garbage as the entirety of Halloween ends. Well so I so you sent me a Twitter with the guy who was trying to um, a tweet. <laughs> sort of sort of um, get analytical about how and just the, the, the DGG or the yeah DGG trilogy is not about Michael Myers it's about Haddonfield and then which is total bullshit and, you know it is about Michael Myers it, it is absolutely about is Strode. yeah that, the whole marketing campaign for ends was the final showdown yeah so it's about those what two I mean? characters if it was about if the series had been about Michael Myers being a supernatural force that can that's just e pure evil. The embodiment shape, of evil. Then it would have been he gets stronger on. and stronger the more he kills. Right. But he then, ascends to something bigger. Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode said that in Halloween Kills. Yeah. They reiterated it in 2018. In John Carpenter's Halloween, they left it open, not even planning on a sequel. He's the fucking boogeyman. And right. he could be anywhere. Right. He could be but in the But not anybody. Behind. He can't exactly. be anybody. He is Michael Myers. So here's the thing, just for those of you who are listening who haven't seen it, uh, spoilers now. Turn this off if you don't want to get your shit. We back. said spoilers way earlier. I'm for just letting you know right now, doing. like like maybe so they were listening if like you forgot Pay attention. Maybe they were listening. Like, I'll listen until they start to talk about it, and I'll tune out. Now is the time, because it, I'm going to describe this movie as it's it's a film that seems like it's based on a young adult novel that happens to have a cameo from Michael R.L. Stein's Halloween Ends. It's... And I was, like, talking to Season somebody. of Corey. Season of Corey. Oh, my God. The curse of Corey. I was talking about this with somebody, and I said... Um, I just didn't, the direction this was going in was so weird. He's like, well, at this point, with as many sequels as it's had, I mean, is there, you know, any direction that's going to be satisfying? And, and that's a good point, but certainly not this way. This movie was dumb. Well, in the direction that would have been satisfying is ending it with Halloween Kills. And not trying to end it, not trying to profitize. Danny McBride, David Gordon Green set out to make one movie. Yeah. Possibly two. Yeah. And then when one made money, 
Of course. And the critics actually liked it and the audiences yeah. liked it. Because yeah. it was a good movie. Yeah. They just profitized off it and they checked out. Yeah. And we all know they had an original plan that all three movies were going to be the same night. And all of a sudden we're jumping four years ahead. Well, we Laurie have- Strode has taken 40 yeah. years of fucking psychological meltdown after meltdown from 74 to Halloween Kills when The Shape murders her daughter. Yeah. Thank you, Michael Myers, for that goddamn Christmas sweater that Karen was wearing the whole fucking time. But they built everybody up in, the, in this direction of Laurie Strode's this badass. She's been traumatized. She's going to fucking kill right. this thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's fucking... Martha Stewart over burning it, pies hanging up Halloween don't decorations don't you understand you can't hang on to all that anger and fear and, your whole oh, life oh here's this brand new character Corey yeah. we, and me you and our buddy Mike Michael Ball what's up Mike what up, uh, unfortunately, Chris couldn't join us for the third one, yeah. but maybe it's fortunate. Chris it's for, join fortunate us. for him. For him, yeah. I but still we would like saying, to be there. Chris. This movie is a young adult love story on the CW. Meets Christine. Meets Stephen King's yeah. It. Yeah. Meets fucking Desperate Housewives. They plucked so many. St- meets Days of Our Lives with the nurse fucking the doctor to get yeah. the position. Yeah. Like, come on with the fucking shit. Where is Michael Myers? Well, you know, the, he's taking a dirt nap, think, letting people go in the, the sewer. The head. I think it, it should have ended with Halloween Kills because then it would have been a trilogy. John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes. Halloween, Halloween Kills. The perfect trilogy, could right? Could have been Halloween Ends. Yeah. Uh, is what they could have called it. And instead, or we decided we need to make another. Leave it Halloween Kills and it ends. He kills Karen and he's fucking gone and he's yeah. just out there. The embodiment of evil, stronger than he's ever been. I still did the, the conclusion, which definitely yeah. for Laura, the Laurie Strode character, as played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is she's definitely done for now. Yeah. yeah with for the now. Role. She said she was done after resurrection. Right. So we'll see. We'll but, see. But I'm just thinking like, okay, for, for her character's arc, it's a pretty good ending. Yeah. It just went in some really fucking dumb directions to get there. I feel like well, it was Lori Strode was a, was a supporting player in her own story in yeah. this film. She and should have been the central character. Or Michael Myers. With, well, <laughs> she's the central character so. in all in, in, in John Carpenter's Halloween in 2018 Halloween and in Halloween Kills. Lori is the character that you're following, right? Yeah. And like you said, out of nowhere, there's this teenage protagonist who like Artie and Christine is <laughs> I mean his situation is a little bit worse he did accidentally oh cause the death of a kid but but well, he goes from being this picked on put upon like uh, insecure kid to being this psychotic kill like that's empowering and which I guess some serial I mean I think all serial killers probably feel that but like I didn't like it no I didn't like it it just didn't I will say that the opening scenes Shocking. Yeah, we're shocking. Mm-hmm. And that kid getting kicked through the door over yeah. the through the banister down yeah. three floors. That was brutal. It's brutal, but it just didn't make any sense. No. At all. I think there's there's and, so many and I'm I'm not I'm not saying the Universal Studios or your Bloom House or anybody involved that 
um, you need to make a different movie to please me. No, uh, uh, a different cut to try to win us back might be nice, <laughs> but don't try to redo this thing. Let, let, let Dead Dogs Lie. It is lie. what it is. Yeah. And it, for being is what it is. Well, it's, and even the least. Haddonfield was a fucking weak character in this movie. It's the least Halloween movie yeah. with Michael Myers since ever like it's just the weakest because it's just like even season of the witch which has a cameo from the movie halloween as playing on the tv it was a more bold (laughs) inclusion of the main character one of the main characters that you marketed this whole thing on yeah i mean cinematography is good direction sure sure. even the act the acting is phenomenal the actor that played Corey's great jamie lee curtis is great everybody did a good job but just the direction that they were forced to take this thing yeah was lost at sea yeah yeah. they checked out it's not you know there are better horror movies this year and I'm going to recommend a few real quick we've never done this let's do this and and we can wrap it up so you can probably we'll be ranting about this movie every special maybe not every special it's It's going to come up it'll come back it's coming back up there, you could see better horror movies this year. Skip that one and watch the, the Black Phone. Watch Antlers. Watch um, uh, the new Hellraiser. Prey. Prey was awesome. Uh, X. X was Haven't really seen good. X. X was surprisingly really good. Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus. Awesome. Man, it's only an hour. It's, it's fun. a special presentation. Yeah. That whole homage intro that they yeah. did for Werewolf by Night. Yeah. The, everything about Werewolf by Night. Just watch it. I don't want to spoil that. So watch, I'll leave it Watch at that. The Color Out of Space. That's a couple of years ago, but it's Nicolas Cage and it's really good. There's, the, you know, watch Men, the new Alex Garland movie. He did uh, Ex Machina and Annihilation, which are both good. Watch Midsommar or The Witch. Or there's a lot of better horror movies to watch. In short, don't want waste your time with Halloween ends. Look, if you have Peacock and you could watch it for free... Don't. And you don't mind losing some time? Don't just don't watch it. <laughs> watch John Carpenter's Halloween, Halloween yeah. 2018, and Halloween Kills, and the Boogeyman. I promise you, watch Halloween is four. out there somewhere. Watch Halloween four. I've watched four, or five, and six. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? At least those had Donald Pleasant in them, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd who never ages but out of all the the sequels this is by far the weakest and most disappointing and I think that's felt by the majority of the fan base for me not counting the Rob Zombie movies yeah I I actually disliked Halloween Ends more than I disliked Resurrection and the only reason why I dislike Resurrection is because it's just Michael Myers going around killing people there really is no story or characters to get invested in right right it's a dumb movie and that made Halloween ends like our Halloween ends made that dumb movie like much better yeah so yeah (laughs) anyways that's my two cents thanks for listening yeah I think we're done it was very therapeutic we've been holding that in for a minute to talk about it on the podcast it's a cinematic stinker just going to say the cinematic spark noise here (laughs) anyways happy Halloween happy Halloween my friend the fifth annual Horathon Halloween special for Dead Serial Podcast as soon as this is kind of the first time we've recorded in the old space but the new space is being built yeah hopefully we'll be in there soon the film school will have a triumphant return to YouTube yeah Chris is down uh, I'm down you're down get ready Ah, beer.
And on that note, I got a plane to catch. <laughs> All right, man. You have fun. Happy Halloween. Universal, Universal Horror Night. Uh, dude, well, happy Halloween. Too. We'll talk about it next year. All I'm right. confident. Sweet. Thank you for collecting your cans. Happy Halloween. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Didn't get your minimum deadly allowance of murder, madness, and mayhem? Then look out for my next motion picture, Dead Easy, coming very soon to a theater near you.